morning, our text is found in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 7, verses 3 through verses 9. And we will read that in the King James Version, 2 Kings, chapter 3, verses 3 through verses 9. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If, we say, we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went out and hid it. Then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. Hallelujah. For your consideration on this morning, continuing in the series, Don't Limit God. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about the fear of risk and failure. The fear of risk and failure. A friend of mine uh, described to me an, an incident that happened to his son. And he told me that a couple of weeks ago, his son was walking from the bus stop to his apartment when he realized he was flanked by two young men. And they said, give me your wallet. The young man said, no. One of the two young men that flanked him said, this is a gun. Give me your wallet or I'll shoot you. No, the young man said. One of the two robbers said, hey man, you don't understand, we're robbing you. This is a stick up, give me your wallet. Young man said, no. One of the two robbers again said, give me your, your wallet or I'll knife you. No, the young man said. The robber again said to him, give me your wallet or we'll beat you up. But there was something interesting in that conversation because he told me that the robber was now whining. Give me your wallet or I'll beat you up. 
No! So the young man continued walking, picked up his pace, and after a while he noticed that he was no longer accompanied. And when he told me about it, I asked him, I said, was your son afraid? Was he scared? My friend said, of course he was. What else would I do? Would he do? I said, well, then what'd you say? So I asked my son, I said, well, why didn't you give him your wallet? I said, what did your son say? My son said, my learner's permit was in it. This young man didn't have a fear of risk. Many people fear the unknown because of the risk that are involved. We all have been faced with risk, and I know that from an early age, from the times of, of when we were just babies learning how to walk. Don't touch that. Don't do that. Be careful. You'll fall. Be careful. You'll hurt yourself. You'll break that. You'll do this. You'll do that always the fear of risk. And as I thought about the fear of risk, I thought about some of those incidents and things that really have shaped my life in a negative just because of things from, you know, from childhood that we were told not, that we should not do. The fear of risk. Someone was telling me the story a little earlier, and they said that they were at one of the, uh, the local water parks over the last day or so. And when they went into the water park, it had one of those water slides, very high, very tall water slides. And so it was really amazing because the adult told me, and he said, well, you know, there." <laughs> I had some little, little bit of uh, trepidation and a little bit of uh, hesitancy about getting in that water slide. So because when you, when you look at the water slide, it's round, it's oval, you look down at it, it has twists and turns, it's very dark, and the water comes rushing down and they put you in this, this raft, and then you go down the slide. He said, and the really scary thing about it was there were three of us in this in this particular raft. He said they got in the raft and as they took off down the slide and you know he could basically see his life flashing in front of him and, and, and as they went down the slide and the water came rushing in and it was very dark and the only thing he could hear was the rushing of the water and the wind blowing as they went down and they were twisting and turning and they went up one side and the raft almost overturned and they had to hold the other kids that were in the raft and they finally made it to the bottom. Fear of risk. The fear of failure, the fear of drowning. We've all been there sometime or another. One of the things that I've found about, uh, I've observed about people is that people fear being uncomfortable. You probably have recognized that with people as well. Uh, most folk don't like to be stretched. And I remember having a conversation uh, with someone quite a few years ago and I told them, well, you know, it really is my job to stretch you. One of the ways that 
Pastor Dora and I have found out is that people don't like to be stretched is whenever we talk about love and walking in love. Perhaps it's because of a fear of failure in their own life. Perhaps they have a fear of risking walking in love because they don't want to be rejected. They don't want to be pushed to the side or overlooked or many of those other things. We don't like to be stretched. Even when it comes to the things of God. God says, launch out in the deep. Well, I don't want to launch out into the deep. But if we rest, if we stretch out and do something risky, there's always that nagging thought that, well, I might fail, I might die. But you know what, people of God, we do limit God when we're afraid to step out and do something because we think we might fail. Some of the great men and women in history, some of the great inventors failed numerous times. But they always had that mindset that I'm going to stick with this. I'm not going to be bound or constrained by my limits, and I'm going to work this thing out, and one day I'm going to get it right. So today I want you to know that God has good plans for all of you, people of God. That's what it says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. You don't have to turn there. So now let's go back and look at the text here in 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through verses 9. Beginning in verse 3, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Now if you would read in, according to the book of Leviticus chapter 13, these Four leprous men were not allowed to go in the city because there was a possibility of them spreading their disease. So normally these four men, uh, they had normal needs. They had hunger. They were thirsty. They were tired. They were weary. They had anxieties. There was always that fear of risk involved in their lives. And normally these four leprous men, they would live on leftovers that were thrown over the wall to them from the city, but they weren't allowed inside of the city walls. But during the famine, there were no leftovers for them that they would be able to eat. The Israelites were in a time of famine during this time. So they abandoned their usual post that they had and they said, listen, we've got to do something extreme here. I know that we're not allowed inside of the city. I know, you know, all of the things. There could be detrimental things that happen to the people in the city. There could be some negative things that happen to us. So they were, in effect, they were hung up on the horns of a dilemma. And they said, well, should we just sit here where we are and starve to death? Or should we be bold and, and, and overlook the the fears that we would have and go into the city and if they apprehend us and, 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 and capture us and kill us, we're going to die either way. So they were saying, well, so what in the world do we have to lose? These four lepers knew that they had nothing to lose. For although they knew that they had nothing to lose, I just believe that they couldn't have imagined how much they had to gain 
by saying, let us go into the city. You know, that's one of the things that we as people of God need to do. You know, we always look at the negatives. Well, if you do this, then that will happen, and there's always a domino effect of things that will happen. Well, you know, you just can't do this and do that. Now, you don't want to get stretched out. Now, you know the market and the real estate market, and you know prospects of job employment, and you know this, and you know that, and all of those things are going on right now. You know, you really don't want to do all of those things, but have you ever imagined if you just stepped out trusted God and believed God how much more you would have to gain. Hmm. I love that scripture in this morning that we opened with that, uh, that was part of our corporate prayer from Pastor Dora, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. In effect, it talks about courage, but it's also telling us about not having that fear of risk, but just being courageous and doing everything that God commanded all of us to do. Verses 4 through 6. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. And so they said, now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, just, just think about this. Just think about this. And I, I can relate to this in my, 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 my own life and my own experiences during that time in the military. And we would be told that, you know, we had to, be, we had to go into a certain village or we would have to go and, and, and do something and, and, and go scope out and gather information or, 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 or do something in terms of the enemy. And they'd say, there is an overwhelming enemy force there. They outnumber you by hundreds. Our orders were to go, to go, to go and capture go and gather intelligence, go in and engage them in battle. And our mindset, well, if we stay here, they're gonna die. And if we go, there's also the possibility that we may die. And it was many times during those times when we would be, we would be armed and we would be ready and we would, we would, we would do our movements uh, under the cover of darkness and night and we would be ready to, to, to spring an ambush or a surprise and we would go into a particular village or into a particular location and we would get there when we were ready to engage in combat. And we'd go in and look and as we'd walk through these villages, we would see these homes and there was food with bowls of rice, steaming rice and cups of tea sitting on the table and there was nobody there. So they went into the uttermost part of the camp of Syria and there was no man there. Now watch this. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses even the noise of a great host. Yeah. Now, in reading this, and as I thought about it, I, I want to suggest to you that the Syrians heard those same chariots and those same horses and that same army that Elisha and his servant had seen, Gehazi. 
That is, they heard the army of the Lord. You can read about that in 2 Kings chapter 6 in verse 17 in your, in your own private study time. Verse 6b and through verses 8. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and they fled for their life. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, yeah. and carried this silver and gold and raiment and went out and hid it. There were times during those, those particular military operations when we were on and we had no food and whenever we went in and there were caches and stacks of rice and other things, we would just take our socks off and fill our socks with rice, tie them together and hang them around our neck and that was our meal. I can identify with these four young men. And they did, went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried their silver and gold and raiment and went out and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went out and hid it. Yeah. So thinking now, this is the mindset of the enemy. Thinking that they were being attacked by the Hittite and the Egyptian armies, the Syrians now got up and ran. They fled across the Jordan River and they left all of their food, they left all of their gold and all of their supplies behind. One of the things that I've observed, and I'm a, again, I am a, an observer of, of, of humanity, and, 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 and particularly, you know, men and women. One of the things that I know, no matter what it is, no matter what catastrophic event may be taking place, women will always say, wait a minute, I gotta go back and get my pocketbook. So you know it had to be very catastrophic for these Syrians to leave all of their food and to leave all of their, their gold and all of those things behind, but they left their pocketbooks too. And as a result of that, these four lepers, these four lepers hit the jackpot. Everybody say jackpot. Verse 9, then they said one to another, meaning the lepers, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. Yes. Question today, what about us people of God? Yes. You think about it, we've been blessed. We've been given so much. Yes. And any time we want, we can go to the refrigerator and open it up, pull out whatever we desire to eat. We can turn on the TV or the radio and we can hear good Bible teaching, good Bible preaching. We have Christian bookstores and Christian schools. We have countless opportunities and for us to fellowship with one another. But I believe that if we're not careful and watchful, we can just be like these lepers, devouring one book, one study, one program after another, while all around us people are dying and going to Hades in a handbasket. You're just talking about the people that you know, your co-workers, that, those that attend other churches and, and, and all of that. Take a poll. Some Christians are increasingly becoming connoisseurs of fine service. Oh, I love good preaching. 
I'm not really into the teaching thing, but I love that good hoop and that good holler. I just love having church. Many of them are critical of Bible studies and even, even, even when it comes to doctrinal issues. They're always out there trying to find out what new truth can I find out here? What new insight can I glean and gain? How can I be happier? How can I learn how to be more blessed and gather in more for me and my house? The big portion of verse 9, but if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So, when the king was advised of the food and the wealth that was available to them in the Syrian camp, the king, in all of his wisdom and in all of his years of, of, of training and understanding and all of that, the king thought that it was a decoy, that was something that was set there to lure the Israelites out of the city so that they could then be killed by the Syrian army who was waiting for them in ambush. In the military, we used to think the same thing. This is just, looks just too perfect. It's just too perfect of a setup here. You know, they're trying to set us up so they can jack us up. But I believe in reading this particular scripture here now that we can see the tragedy of unbelief. For the king's right-hand man could see the food, but he was trampled to death because he couldn't taste that food. Same thing still happens today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have a fear of risk. We have a fear of failure. Sometimes we don't take, a, uh, we don't use the opportunity when the door is open for us to do certain things because we just have that fear of being trampled under Foot. We have that fear of feeling like we're being stepped on or walked over. We have that fear that we're going to miss out on something. But it's interesting to me because these four lepers, although they were hungry and there was no food, there was famine, these lepers dined. Not only did they dine and not only did they have their food to eat, but they really learned about the divine providence in the hand of God moving in their lives. When they went in there, food was still bubbling up in the pots. Bread was still left on the table. These lepers were just so amazed by all of the abundance of silver and gold and food. And again, as the Bible says, they just went from tent to tent, gobbling up the food and hiding the gold. Finally, one of those lepers said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what we're doing isn't right. We've got to go back to the city and share the good news with those that we left behind. So they returned to the city and they told the gatekeeper that the Syrian camp was deserted and there was an abundance of food there for everybody. And again, the king said, it's an ambush. In this story that we just read, I see an application for three groups of people here. The first group, there are those that are always dining rather than doubting. 
So when Elijah told the king that the famine would be over in 24 hours, the king's assistant laughed and he said, you'll see the food. But Elisha, the great man of God, all-seeing, all-knowing, prophet and man of God, told the assistant, yes, we see the food, but you won't be able to eat it. You know what? There are a whole lot of folk just like the king's assistant. There are all those who don't believe what they hear. God says, I love you. Come to me. I want to forgive your sin. I want to save you. I want to bless you. I want to give you eternal life freely. But there are those who are always dining, but they don't believe him. There was a beggar man named Lazarus and a rich man, and they both found themselves in, in eternity with a great gulf separating them. But there was a difference. Lazarus was in paradise. The rich man was in the place of torment. Lazarus, the rich man said, come over here. Dip your finger in the water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. That's in Luke chapter 16. So at that point, the rich man clearly saw the reality of paradise. He saw it, but he never tasted it. But oh, I'm reminded of what it says in Psalm 34 and 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do we do that? Simply by believing in our hearts and confessing with our mouths that Jesus Christ rose from the dead then you shall be saved, Romans 10 and 9. People of God, don't get trampled underfoot by life. Let us not be those who see what the word says but refuse to believe it. Don't be like those who hear the word but don't practice it. Don't be like those who know the principles of the word of God but don't apply them to their lives. If you will, let all of us taste and see that the Lord is indeed good. Let us all dine rather than doubt, people of God. Let us not be like those who know about the promises of God, but don't stand on them. Second group of people, those that were stepping out rather than sitting back. Well, maybe you're in that place where you feel like the lepers, you're famished, you're fearful, and you're afraid. Maybe you feel like you've been relegated to the outside of things, that you're barely surviving on the crumbs of hopes, of hope. Our culture today and our society says, hey, just take it easy, kick back, relax. Don't believe God for too much. But I believe the word of God says, take a chance, step out. I've learned in my years, people of God, that faith is never learned in comfort. We learn faith when we're pressed in, when we're, when we're hurting and when we're starving. Faith honors God, and God honors our faith. You see, these lepers had the faith to step out and to take a chance. And if you feel like you're barely surviving spiritually, I'm going to encourage you to follow their lead and take a chance and step out in faith, people of God. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Why sit where you are until you die? Whether it's in developing relationships, 
whether it's in your vocabulary, or watch this, or even in ministry. Step out and see what the Lord will do. Are you willing to do that? Exercise that faith that God has given you. Utilize the gifts that he's already embedded within you. And watch this. Watch mountains move out of your way. Glory be to God. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. Believe what God says about you. You've got to believe it long after this benediction this morning has been given. Don't walk out today and forget about what you heard, people of God. Don't limit God because of fears that you have in life. Third group of people, giving rather than gorging. Finally, there are those who have stepped out in faith, have found the unlimited favor of God. And I want to tell you, if you step out in faith, people of God, you too will find the unlimited favor of God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword R-W-O-L-F-C to 77977 or through our free app. Search R-W-O-L-F-C in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.